Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited about today's episode. I know I say that all of the time and you're probably like, we get it, you're excited. But really today I have Marnie Moore with me. She is actually my reflexologist. But more so than that, she is absolutely amazing. She has a fantastic energy. Her laugh is completely infectious. She just has a great soul, a wonderful perspective. So we're going to talk a little bit about reflexology, but really we're just going to talk about life in general. And she also loves podcasts. So she's going to give us some recommendations for other podcasts that you may love. So you definitely want to stick around for that. All right, you ready? Got it. Here we go. Let's do it. All righty. Thanks, Marnie, for being on the show. You're welcome. Can you introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about you? Sure. Um, my name is Marnie Moore. Uh, I've been born and raised in Jamestown. I've lived here in Jamestown, North Dakota my whole life. I'm a licensed reflexologist. Um, oddly enough, North Dakota and one other state are the only two states that have licensing boards. Oh. So it's kind of a, a big deal that yeah. we're progressive in this area. And so I've been proud to be licensed for the last 10 years and have a pretty thriving reflexology business that I run out of my home. And right now I'm also on the state board for reflexology. I'm the secretary and treasurer there. And in um, my downtime, I love to do artwork and I love to make jewelry. And um, yeah, that that's pretty much me in a quick, quick nutshell. <laughs> All righty. Well, great. Thanks for sharing that. So it's really interesting, though, that we are so progressive with reflexology because with a lot of things not to be offensive, <laughs> but North Dakota sometimes is a little bit more reactive than proactive. So that's really interesting. Right. Um, we were very lucky and I wasn't in on any of uh, the board coming, a uh, licensing board coming in sure. to fruition. I, I came on after that, but we had some very progressive thinkers and some really hard workers. Uh, it, it is not an easy task to get a licensing board in a state up and rolling. And uh, like I said, I wasn't in on any of it, but I have high respect for the people that blaze that trail. And um, I, I think it's such a a great modality. And to be have a licensing board just makes you more authentic, makes people trust you more. Yes. There's, there's issues and problems. Say somebody was a, a diabetic. You want to have somebody that actually has had training working on your feet, your hands and your ears versus somebody who read a pamphlet or a book. Sure. You know, so, so it's important. And, and I'm just proud as everything that, that North Dakota has a licensing board. I think it's awesome. So. Yeah, absolutely. Can you um, share with the listeners what reflexology is and give a little bit of background on that if they haven't heard about it? Absolutely. So it gets paired a lot with massage and it is different than massage. Uh, reflexology, right now we work on hands, ears, and um, feet, of course. Uh, and most people think of the feet, but hands and ears are every bit as good as working on the foot. So you don't only have to, a lot of people stick strictly, strictly to the foot, but you wouldn't have to. And what we're really working on is nerve pathways in the body where massage work, uh, they work a little bit more with muscles and uh we work a little bit more with nerves and reflexology came about in probably the late 1920s to early thirties. There was three oh, wow. doctors that mapped the feet, the hands and the ears and scientists think that it works through nerve pathways. And what we're really trying to do is bring oxygen, energy, and circulation back to the body. So I'm really not curing anything. I would never diagnose. I would never cure. I would never or tell you I can cure anything. I would never change any of your medications. I'm not a doctor. I'm just trying to help your body help itself via your nerve pathway. And uh, it, it had you know, a lot of success with, with people. And, and I think it's just a great um, add on to healthcare. And I always say it should feel wonderful. You, I, I hope my clients always think, yay, it's reflexology day. You should never be bummed out. 
that you have to go to the reflexologist should always be a positive experience, which I hope is the case. So I can speak from experience. It absolutely is. But I love that perspective of helping your body help itself, though. Yes. Has that always been something that's been in the forefront of your mind as you've been doing reflexology or just maybe life in general? Absolutely. I have always been very open to alternative therapies. I have nothing against doctors. I have nothing against drugs. I don't have any stance on that. Um, But I think that coupled with alternative different therapies, your health can just be so expansive. And, you know, if you can... um, a lot of times, I think even adding in just the human touch and relaxation, we're so tense in our life and we just don't sometimes realize how tense we are. And so reflexology just gives you that safe environment to just let go and just relax and be in, uh, have some human contact and some human touch. I, I have some clients, I think, that maybe through the death of a spouse or, or, or their, um, single, what have you, probably don't get enough of that human contact. I think that alone is is so beneficial and so important. So Yes, I would agree with that. When I worked um, in a medical hospital in Illinois, that was one of the things that we really focus on is that even in really fragile medical state, a lot of times people can get a lot of benefits just from a handhold mm-hmm. or just from a, you know, even a quick rub on the arm. Right. You know, something so simple as that. And so I can see how reflexology and really focusing on certain areas would be really beneficial. Absolutely. Um, I definitely had the honor um, to help a family member out. My cousin was uh, had cancer and went through some pretty intensive um, surgeries. She had rectal cancer and was I was able to be with her on the oncology unit for 11 days wow. and was able to do a lot of reflexology on her. And, and the I think for her to relax, she needed less pain medication because of that. Um, it, it was so beneficial for her in so many ways. And, you know, the oncology unit was just incredible with allowing me, you know, to, of course, with my cousin's consent, you yeah. know, to, to be there and work on her. And, and so I think it, it really helped even with the pain relief aspect, right. you know, because when our muscles are constricted and very tight and we're in that pain mode, when if we can just allow to relax and, and be still and be open, that's when that all that circulation can happen. Endorphins start moving. You start letting go and then, you know, healing happens. So, right. yeah. So... What a great experience! Yeah, it really was. To be able to provide that for yeah. someone that you love. Oh, it, it it so was. Me and my cousin are very close anyway. Uh-huh. But it it you know she she references it often that she was glad I was able to be there and and it was a gift for me as well just to to be able to reach out and help her in that way. I was very again so glad I was trained. You know, right. so glad that I I felt like I could do that and be there for her. So yeah, that's really great. Would you say that that might be something that could be beneficial for all patients that are, I mean, obviously, depending on the situation, I'm not saying that, you know, (laughs) not trying to get you to, you know, give a recommendation, but I'm just wondering if that was so beneficial for your cousin that could have the possibility of helping a lot of other people with, you know, really significant illnesses. I really hope that that's where we get in in medical care sometime in the future, because I think exactly that, of course, never forcing somebody to do something they're uncomfortable with. I definitely have people that would be, people have weird uh, ideas about their feet. Let me tell you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. After getting into this, I I run into people be like, oh, my feet are so ugly. You can never touch them. Well, first of all, I'm a reflexologist, so I don't find feet appalling in any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) I've never run into a foot that I was like, I won't touch that foot. You know, (laughs) I don't find feet ugly, but people have weird hangups about their feet. So, of course, I would never do anything that anybody was uncomfortable with um, and wouldn't want because that would be, you know, detrimental to their healing. But, yes, I think that in a in a hospital setting in 
oncology units in, well, anything, really, any kind of uh, a care where they're receptive to it, I think it could be an amazing add-on to their health. Absolutely. So, and, and I, I hope that's the future someday, for sure, that yeah. we are moving towards that. And I think we are. I, I you know, I was very, I think it's at Samford that they have a, a chiropractor, mm-hmm. uh, yes. and which was like, wow, that's amazing, yes. you know, because that used to be like, oh, you know, don't go to the chiropractor. Right. And now they're really... <laughs> Really open to having one on staff, so I I I think the future is marching the right way for different modalities and, and things that help. Healing touch is another one yeah. um, that's good. Acupuncture, of course. Um, Have you ever tried that? Yeah. I really I I am I really really want to try acupuncture. I can say that I'm pretty darn healthy, so there's nothing right now where I think like I would like to try that. Sure. For something in in particular, but I, I'm really open to it and would love to try it. Yeah. So yeah, I've been really interested in that and cupping the cupping yes. technique. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know a lot about it. I just had briefly researched it, but I'm like, oh, I'm willing to try almost anything once. <laughs> See, I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome because you never know how things can help you. Uh, cupping, I've actually done that, and that's been uh, you know amazing. And sometimes it's a little troubling. I'll get a a client who has really enjoyed their session, let's say a wife, and she really wants her husband to partake in it. And she thinks maybe it could help him with some different things that he's struggling with or going through. And I always hold my breath because she says she'll say something to me like, I'm going to make an appointment for my husband. And I think, oh. Okay. You know, cause you just wonder, does he really want to be here? And, and I've gotten a mix of 50 50. Some guys are just really open to it and are like, Oh, let's do this. Let's see what it can do. And I've had other guys that have been like, uh, you can tell they don't want to be there, which is a little bit of a struggle, but I'm happy to say even the ones that haven't wanted to be there usually enjoy their session and many, many times have rebooked a session oh, wow. even. So yeah. I think that that's, that's wonderful. But yeah, I, I, I would much rather work with on somebody who really wants to be there. Right. So, you know, <laughs> and not kind of, you know, forced. So, yeah, but that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, that's really interesting, though, because it makes me think about the anticipation of events that we have coming up. And I wonder if that's a portion of it for people who ha- like are giving off that energy. They don't really want to be there. It's mm-hmm. that anticipation of what can I expect? Right. So can you talk us through like what we would expect? I mean, obviously, each reflexologist is different. Sure. So they probably have a different process. But can you talk us through yours? Oh, absolutely. So, um Right now, I book about a month out. So um, I try to keep a list of, of people that, you know, okay, if I get a cancellation, I can try to call you. I, I want to start off with saying that because I think a lot of people think they can call me and get in the next sure. day. And then they're very disappointed when they can't. But I do book about a month out. I work out of my home. I have a full room that is just dedicated to my reflexology work. I have a massage table so people will lay flat. So when they first enter, I take them in and I sit them on a stool uh, right next to the table and we do a foot bath. It's warm water. It's Epsom salt. There might be a little essential oil in there. I don't always do the essential oil just because somebody might be sensitive to that. Um, but after maybe I get to know them a little bit better, if they want that added in, I can put that in. And then usually your first visit, I use that time to um, have them sign something that says, you know, I'm, a not, I'm not a doctor. You can stop the session anytime you want, you know, things like that. Yeah. And then um, kind of do a small medical intake. It's not very, it's not um, super invasive, but just the, just the, you know, what kind of surgeries have you had? Have you had any broken bones? Talk, let's talk about your foot problem. Usually the first session I do try to stick to the foot for, for these reasons. I think it's a little overwhelming when you go, when you jump to all three parts of the body at once. So we stick to the foot. I give you a small little talk and overview of what reflexology is and what it can do for you. I try to use about a medium pressure. So after the foot bath, then I'll have them lay flat. I talk to them about what what the session is. It's an hour long. And like I said, I try to use about a medium pressure and we start going from there. Um, if I feel anything, and when I say feel anything, what is it that I'm feeling? I call it a crunchy feeling. It almost feels like sandpaper under the skin or cornflakes mm-hmm. under the skin. And if I feel that feeling, it's usually um, 
uh, calcifications around that nerve ending. And so I'm trying to break that calcification off to get oxygen energy and circulation back to that nerve. And sometimes I'll mention like, oh, this neck area feels a little crunchy. Again, never diagnosing, just telling them what I'm feeling okay. and then good feedback. And I always tell people like, no grinning and burying it. If something doesn't feel good, you let me know. I'll back off on the pressure a little bit, but I might go over that area a couple more times. Um, it, some people have this weird idea um, that if it doesn't hurt, it's not beneficial. Reflexology really should never hurt. Mm -hmm. it, it should always feel good. Um, like I said, there could be some tenderness, or but there shouldn't be pain. And so I, I never want to cause more pain. I, I'm, I'm there to help you relieve any pain or help with any problems. And so we, I, go, I go over the complete foot. I go back and forth. Some reflexologists just work on one foot at a time. I go back and forth between the two, cover every aspect of your foot. And then um, towards the end, I'll ask you if it's okay if I put lotion on your feet we do that, and that's pretty much the session. Oh, so if you make subsequent appointments after that, we'll integrate hands and ears. But I always tell people that's their hour to do with what they want. If you just want to stick to the foot, I have certain clients that don't want me to work on their hands and ears. I always encourage people, if you've never had that done before, to try it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to get hurt feelings if somebody <laughs> doesn't like their ears. I melt like butter when anybody touches my ears. Like, that is a big release for me. Yeah. I love that. Not everybody is that way. And some people don't like their space invaded around their head. That, sure. that's, un, that's disconcerting and uncomfortable. So again, my point is never to make anybody uncomfortable, but I encourage people to try, but some people don't even want to try and that's cool too. We'll mm -hmm. just, we, we do with what, what anybody's comfortable with. And, uh, I'm always kind of surprised too with ears because a lot of people will say like, that was incredible. I had no idea. Oh, really? I didn't think it would. Yeah. Ears aren't quite, it's more just certain holds uh, with pressure on the ear, light pressure, never pressure that hurts. Um, but yeah, they, they, they get a lot of deep relaxation out of ears and hands too. Let's face it. Our hands are our yeah. workhorses. They work all the time. So to get those hands and different pressure points worked on feels incredible. Absolutely. So I even sometimes, um, with kids that I do therapy with, I have some paintbrushes and when we're painting a lot of times, like kids will use the paintbrush on their hands oh, and it's just, you know, it's just a soothing touch. Absolutely. You know? um, and it's helpful to be able to teach individuals about healthy touch as well. So I'm really interested because of course, I'm always thinking about like the mental health aspects sure. of things and thinking about trauma. You know, how would you recommend if someone has had a traumatic past and maybe they don't have the clearest boundaries um, on physical touch or just really aren't overly comfortable with it? How would they navigate that if they do want to still try reflexology? Um, well, of course, it always helps to be upfront. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to, you know, divulge your deepest, darkest secrets to your reflexologist or go through any right. trauma. But I do think it helps if you just, you know, say like, I'm uncomfortable with this. And you don't even have to say why. And I don't think most reflexologists would even ask you why. Mm -hmm. They should be okay with you saying, this makes me uncomfortable. A lot of times um, when I first touch somebody, if they have a lot of trouble relaxing, they're very stiff, you know, I'll remind them, could you just like take a deep breath in and relax? For sometimes I just assume that they have trouble relaxing. They might have trouble relaxing for many different aspects, which again is not necessarily any of my business. But as we build a rapport, as they see that I'm a professional and I behave as such, most of the time they have an easier time kind of releasing and letting go. Um, sometimes later through subsequent appointments, they end up telling me, mm -hmm. you know, that there, this has happened to me in the past or whatever. And that's also, that's always useful information, but it's not necessarily information that I have to have. And right. it, I, I would never feel comfortable delving into that with anybody. But after doing this for 10 years, I've really learned that subtle aspects of what people are comfortable with and, uh, and uh, always don't force anybody to do something there. Always trust your client. They will let you know what they're, what they're okay with. So in my practice, I um, utilize that as well. I let clients know, you know, if we get to a point and you don't want to answer something or you don't want to talk about something, that's your right. Yeah. You get the ability to say, I'm not comfortable with that or not today. Right? <laughs> I tell people like it's even, even something as simple as just saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable with that today. 
you know. Kelly, I love that because there are times when I have had people say, could we skip ears today mm-hmm. or could we skip hands today? And, and I, yeah, that's absolutely every day is different. And so I do, I, I hope I remember all the time to say hands, feet and ears. That's okay today, you yeah. know, but it's a good reminder for me too, because yeah, sometimes it's a day that yeah. it doesn't feel comfortable. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. No, um, you know, and as far as my experience, you've always asked me if that's helpful. So oh, I'm good. sure I have full confidence in your ability that you're definitely checking in with people about that. Great. You know, one thing as we're talking that I'm thinking about as well is, you know, um, I have a dear friend who's a hairdresser and she always mentions how people just kind of sit down and like pour out their soul yeah. about what's going on. Do you find that as well? I really do. I really do. And, um, you know, I'm grateful and feel honored when somebody trusts me with something that is personal to them. Okay. And I, I, I jokingly say, these walls, this is the cone of, of you know, you know, nothing leaves this, yes. nothing leaves this room. And that is so important because in, when you build a rapport with a client and, you know, I'm in their personal space and, and you get to know them, a lot of times they will tell you some pretty personal stuff. And, um, I, you know, if they ask me directly for my opinion, I'll give it, but that's not the point for them Mm -hmm. to hear my opinion on things. The point is that they're relaxed and if they feel like opening up, that's great. And I'm just there to listen and be a support. Um, some, I have clients that never divulge anything and that's fine too. They get on that table, they shut their eyes. That's the end of the story. They're relaxing for an hour and that's cool. But yeah, I have had people tell me some pretty personal things. And, and, um, like I said, I, I, I treat, I honor that tremendously because that, you know, I want to be, I want to be that safe place for them to share whatever they feel comfortable with sharing. So I love your perspective on that. Thank you. So my husband is dying for me to ask you this question. (laughs) Oh boy. I'm I'm ready myself. Here we go. (laughs) So so he wants to know without any identifying information. That's my disclaimer. (laughs) Can you share the strangest or most awkward thing that has ever happened during a reflexology session? Wow. Okay. Um, strangest oddest I am really glad that I'm having to think on this uh-huh. you know what yes. I mean like not tons of things are jumping forward because yeah. I've really had a very easy time of it uh, most sessions go how they're supposed to go um I did have one person and they did they came from out of town who I, I think might have been using some illegal substance before they came um and didn't, uh, uh, the conversation took a weird turn, oh. really weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, really, really weird. Yep. And, and I have to admit, I, I was a tiny bit afraid, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. Goodness, yeah. I, I, I wish I had something really funny to yeah. say. I, I mean, I, I have clients tell me funny stuff all the time, but that session, I kind of held my breath until, oh, until the end because it was, um, it, it was strange and odd. And like I said, I really, I, I, I'm not good with knowing, uh, if that person was taking something, but I really think they were because like I said, the, and, 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 and nothing of a sexual nature or anything like that. It, it, it was just, she really, um, was just, uh, I, I think seeing things that weren't there and, oh, uh, things like that. So yeah, it, it, it was, it, it was okay when that one was done. <laughs> right. Right. No, absolutely. Well, that's such a uncomfortable feeling. Oh, yeah. And, and in having known you, I know that um, you've shared that you were able to pick up on kind of on people's energies as well. Yeah. And I am someone very much I'm like, if you pick up on like a negative energy, there's a reason for it. Right. If something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Right. And so when you have that and you're, I mean, like you're stuck there like an hour. Right. That's got to feel just really... Yeah, it, it was it, it was uncomfortable. I was worried about her. Uh-huh. I was worried about myself yeah. because you know when you get that when you feel like wow anything could happen here with the the, the things that she was saying and maybe seeing. Um, uh, yeah, it, she started to cry towards the end, um, it, and it was very early in my career, and, and I feel like I was probably not. Um, I, I I I wasn't sure I handled it 
correctly. I mean, I made it to the end of the session. I didn't know maybe, maybe I should have stopped and said, I don't think that this is working out, you know, or, or whatever. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it was fine. Um, she, she, she never rebooked. Like I said, she was visiting from out of town. So it was a, it was a one-off thing, but yeah, that definitely was the oddest, strangest right. thing that I ever had happen. Funny thing though, that I had happen. I had an, a gentleman who, again, his wife had made the appointment and he came in and I could tell, boy, he didn't want to be there at all. <laughs> and, um, uh, he, said, how long do I have to be come here? And I said, well, I don't know till you're better or I'm dead. And then that, <laughs> too funny. And then that broke the ice and we both laughed like crazy. Oh my gosh, and I, I think that. he kind of got into a better headspace. And, and uh, I actually was um, able to, to help him. And so that was great. Oh and my gosh. Yeah. That. So that was, that was a, a funny moment. And he reminds me of that often. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a testament if he's still coming to see you. Yes. Then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really that's cool great. guy. That's really awesome. So like we talked about earlier, you know, um, you're able to pick up on a lot of people's energy, but the other portion of it is you just have a good energy yourself. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And so I'm wondering, you know, how best do you think that we can support and encourage others? Cause you really, you seem to really nail that. So I'm wondering, are you really aware of that? Do you, you know, focus on that a lot or is it just natural for you? Um, well, I do think I'm a naturally pretty upbeat, happy person most of the time, but I definitely work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have a morning routine that I go through. I'm a, a big meditator. I, okay. I, I, I do a lot of meditation. Um, I do some yoga, I do some working out, uh, those aspects. I try to keep myself physically healthy. Um, so that, but, but really, I think you have to set that intention for the day. Mm-hmm. And meditation helps me do that. I have a lot of inspirational, I have a whole little inspirational book routine that I do. And then I That's sit awesome. and meditate. And I think that helps me get in the right headspace because you're right. You know, you're in, somebody's energy field and I'm bringing my energy field to your energy field. So if I am having a really rough offbeat day, you know, I got to try to turn that around, Mm -hmm. you know, and not to say I'm human. Let's face it. Everybody's got an off day every now and then me included. And I have had a couple, a a couple of things that have went on in my life. You know, uh, like anybody else, I lost a loved one. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not the day to to be working. You know, uh, I've had to call clients and and cancel because they don't want me crying while I'm working on them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so, you know, I, it's, it's, I, I can't, some people can just compartmentalize and put that to the side. Yes, there are some things I can do that with, but, but, you know, losses of loved ones, pets, what have you, I have definitely had to call. Um, but no, uh, setting that intention for the day, getting that day off to the right start. I've even been playing with, um, should I be watching the news in the morning? Oh, and, you yeah, know, sometimes yeah. that's not always the bed, best headspace to be in uh, with a, a a half hour of news. Right, <laughs> so, right. Um, but, but yeah, I, I really try to stay, to start my day off right. Yeah. You know, and, uh, of course I try to practice what I preach. I always talk to my clients about getting good sleep, drinking a lot of water, um, getting exercise. I try to, it, it doesn't make much sense if I'm not incorporating that in my day. So I really try to, um, do all those things. So I'm at my best, most healthiest, for when they come in, you know, they, they need me on my game and I need to be on my game. So, right. No. And I love that the setting, you know, an intention for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a big supporter of that as well. Like I have a routine that I do. And when I get off that routine, I do feel a little bit like, this isn't yeah, <laughs> right? how my day normally starts. Um, a lot of times for me, I, I know if I'm going into the day and I'm just feeling a little bit off or, um, going into a session, I'll often remind myself, okay, I need to show up as the best version of myself that I can for this person in this moment um, and try to reframe it like that. And most of the time it works. But like you say, I think it's good to know our limits. If we have lost a loved one, if we have had a really traumatic experience happen to us, I think it's great to be able to yeah. acknowledge that. Right. And just say we're human and we need to take a step back. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's self-care. That's self-care. You know, if I'm going to tell you to have self-care for yourself, it's important that I do that for myself as well. So Good way to model that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So how would you say that you 
or we should encourage client or strangers, excuse me, strangers that we meet throughout the day. Maybe just like you're shopping in the grocery store, you run into someone. Oh, um, well, I smiles huge. Yep. Let's face it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never been a, a fake it till you make it kind of person, you know, because uh-huh. sometimes I think that like that's kind of phony. But on the other hand, I will say this about the whole fake it till you make it thing. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm kind of having an off day and I have a client that comes in. When I can focus on them and just like you said, show up for them with the best version of myself, even if I'm not feeling a hundred percent at the top of my game, it really kind of catapults you into that next level. Right. It gets you out of, oh, what's going on with me? And it puts the focus on somebody else. And now is that healthy to do every day, all day, 24 seven, you know, never think about yourself? Of course not. Right. No, right. that's not healthy. But so out in public, I, I think it's the same way. Like if you could try to be encouraging to somebody who looks like they need it to mm-hmm. reach out, even if you don't necessarily feel that way for about yourself, it gets you out of your own headspace right. to look outward a little bit and be that person that maybe that one little touchstone that day that they need to get them in a better headspace and, and move them into, you know, a different way of, of thinking. It's it's in, it's always shocking and incredible to me too if you can make somebody laugh. Yes. You know, let's face it. Oh, laughter is yes. the best. Yes. The best. I love funny people in my life. Oh my god. They gosh. just give me life. Yes. <laughs> so, absolutely. I agree, I agree with that. You know, do you find that when you're in the store people maybe come up and tell you like their life stories? Do you ever yeah. feel like that? All yeah. the time. Yeah. All the time. That must be a thing. Like yeah. there's certain people that, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, I get that. Uh, I get that a lot. So how do you navigate that? Like, let's say you're like really busy and you're like, oh, you tell me your life story. And as much as I really am, you know, very grateful that you're taking the time, I also still need to get home and make dinner. Mm, I probably don't navigate that real, real well. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. Yeah. I've been late for a lot of things. And I, you know, I just have like straight up honest, like, oh, somebody was telling me about this and I didn't feel comfortable saying, listen, I got to go, right. you know, so um, I could be better. I could be better about that and work on that a little harder. But on the flip side of that, being that I my office and my work is at home, when I am out and I feel like I get out so rarely, it yeah. is kind of nice when somebody will take time to <laughs> right. talk to me. It's like, oh, I'm out of the house and talking to somebody other than somebody under my roof. So, right, so right. that's kind of cool, too. So, yeah, I don't get... Sometimes I feel like I, do, I don't get out and get as much communication just out in the sure. public as some other yeah. people because, you know, I don't transition from my transition from work to home is the walk from my room to the couch or to the <laughs> right. living room. So, yes. yeah, pretty short commute for me, yeah. you know, so, yes. yeah. You know, also, though, you taking that time and being willing to listen to someone's story. I mean, you may be the only person that's yeah. listened all week, maybe all month. Right. You know, I think back to, I was at, um, well, a store, it doesn't matter which store. I don't want to give any identifying information. Yeah. But I happened to run into somebody that I did not know. And they were telling me about how they just applied for college. And they went through like the whole entire class list. I mean, they're like, I'm taking this <laughs> class and I'm taking that class. And like the whole time, you know, like we're talking and I'm bagging stuff up and they're bagging stuff up. And, um, you know, in some ways I was like, I really need to get out of here about the other time. I was like, but they're so proud of this. And right. how cool is that? That they want to share that, you know? So I tried to leave them with some words of encouragement, but it is hard to navigate that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'd rather take a few minutes and talk to them than just head the other way. Exactly. (laughs) There's enough people that feel really isolated. Exactly. I think, too, because I was born and raised here, you just tend to know so many people. Uh And so, um, you know, I I laugh. There's a game. I don't know if you're familiar it was called nine degrees of separation between Uh you and kevin bacon yes (laughs) i i I don't know how poor kevin bacon got all wrapped up in this game but there's that game and i always say in jamestown there's two degrees of separation Mm -hmm. you know you can usually find somebody who knows somebody else what have you so i i I try to remind myself of that you know if i'm going to be you know, be short with somebody or rude to somebody. Let me tell you, they probably know people that I know, right, <laughs> you right. know? So I think when you live in a smaller community, it, it, it helps you to be on your, your P's and Q's of just being polite yeah. and, and being respectful because let me tell you, you're going to run into those people right, again, right. you know? So that's, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I lived in the suburbs of Chicago when I went to grad school and, um, 
having grown up literally in the country and then moving to that was, oh, it was a great wow. experience. I met some amazing people. But what's really interesting is there are a lot of amazing people that live there. Um, but when you know that you're probably never going to run into somebody else ever again, it's a right. lot easier to be harsh and right. to respond in the way that you maybe really want to versus the way that you feel like you actually should. Exactly. And so I think that that makes a lot of sense that, you know, being in a smaller town, that it would kind of keep you, yeah, keep you more in check. Maybe. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, that's great. That's great. So we're kind of talking a little bit about, you know, boundaries and things like that. How have you been able to create healthy boundaries in your life? Not just with people that you maybe meet in the community that are talking with you, but maybe even, you know, family, friends. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I think boundaries have been a murky, uh, situation for me. I tend to, uh, be pretty open about myself. So sometimes I think like, Oh, you know, overshare, overshare. <laughs> I, I, I'm guilty of that a little bit, but I, I have learned that healthy boundaries are good, not only for myself, they're good for the other other person as well. I, it's that old adage, you kind of teach people how to treat you, yes, you know? I love that. And so sometimes, you know, by, by having healthy boundaries, there's, you know, I think with our technology today, that also gets murky because yes. we're so available all mm-hmm. the time. And, you know, I'll even have people like, well, don't you have your cell phone on you? Why didn't you pick up your cell phone? Well, I might be engaged in something that's important to me that doesn't right. require me to stop and answer the phone. A healthy boundary is being okay doing that, right. you know, to be like, I don't need to be accessible to the world 24 seven. Um, and, you know, that, that's been really, really good for me to remind myself of that and to work hard at putting up those boundaries. There's things too that it's okay to say, I'm not, un- I'm not comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with this conversation. Okay. Um, I'm not comfortable with going there or doing that. I used to, I struggle a lot with people pleasing, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, I, I'll share quick that, uh, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater and I have a history of that. I actually go to a 12 step program for it. I I, I go to OA and we work a lot with boundaries Mm -hmm. of setting healthy boundaries for ourselves. And so, um, that, that has been a struggle, but a worthwhile one. Uh And something I'm getting better at saying like, yeah, that's not cool with me. So I'm not going to take part in that. You know, or, and it could be something and not even something that I'm not cool with. I just don't feel like going or I don't feel like doing that. And and it's okay to be honest and just go like, yeah, tomorrow I'm not available for that. I'm sorry. Right. You know, and just let it go with that because I also tend to over explain. And sometimes <laughs> I've wor- I feel like I'm going to tell you my life story, why I don't want to do this thing. They don't care. They don't care. They just, yeah. what, do you want to go? Right. No. Okay, good. Right. You know, they're, they're on to finding the next person that goes. So yeah, I've learned just to say no and just leave it there. Yes. You know, not all the time, but I, I work, I, that's a work in progress. Yeah. So no, yeah. thank you so much for yeah. sharing that. Um, I really I appreciate your perspective on that. And I agree that it is hard sometimes to not like over justify mm-hmm. why you may not be able to do something. I, I did hear something once and I can't um, tell you where I heard it. I just read, you know, I've told you before I read and listen to so much stuff and, um, but it had talked about how you saying no to something gives somebody else the opportunity to say yes to it. And that may have been something that's better suited for them anyway. Oh, I love that. <sighs> me too. That really helped me a lot yeah. because I was like, okay, you know, if I'm saying no to this, it isn't so much, you know, obviously the world's not going to end with most things that we say no to, but you still feel that pressure. You know, this is really right? problematic, but actually that just may give somebody who's much better suited than me to do whatever it is, the opportunity to do it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to totally use that. I love that yeah. because yeah, by me saying no, it might be opening the avenue for somebody that a connection being made yes. or some, yeah, totally. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Love it. Love I it. wish I could tell you who said it or right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> if they're listening, they can certainly uh, let me know. No. Right. <laughs> but no, that's awesome. So we've talked a lot about podcasts. Both of us love podcasts. You're a podcast enthusiast yeah. as well. So can you share a little bit about what your favorite podcasts are and any recommendations you have? Um, I 
love pug. I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of people say they love, I love chocolate. I love that. No, I love podcasts. I, I just think it is an avenue for information in a world that seems inundated with information. Yes, but podcasts are just a way to delve into any subject that you love yes. even deeper. Um, right now, I'm listening to uh, Russell Brand's Under the Skin, his podcast, and I, I, I subscribe to that. I subscribe to Truth and Justice. They do a lot of wrongful conviction work. Um, I'm kind of a big true crime person, you know, mm-hmm. Dateline, all that. I, I watch all of that. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, of course, my podcast listening goes that way. Um, I love, love, love Darkness Radio. Darkness Radio, it sounds ooh, spooky and dark, but <laughs> they get into the first of the kind of the paranormal realm, which I always have an interest in. And I, I think I, I, I love that kind of thing. And so I listened to a lot of, of that. Um, oh gosh, really so many. Oprah puts out a wonderful podcast for mm-hmm. her Super Soul Sunday stuff oh, yes. that I love to listen to. Um, it's called, oh, and then uh, I want to mention the Share podcast. And that's Omar Pinto. And he does a great recovery 12 step uh, podcast that is just, I, I just love his work and, and, and love him. I also love um, the mental illness happy hour. Oh. Paul Gilmartin. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't awesome. say how, how great that podcast is. It, it, it sounds, I, it, the, the name's a little kooky, the mental illness happy hour, but he interviews doctors, therapists, um, addicts, from all walks of life that have all different kind of different things going. I mean, you know, some are alcoholics, some abuse drugs, some are overeaters, some all, you know, all different, uh, different areas of life. And there's something to learn from everybody. Yes. And people are so open and always just, I, I don't want to get emotional, but sometimes I just almost cry listening to these podcasts thinking, how strong and brave and open some of these folks are yes. to reach out and just open their life up and uh, to let people know you're not alone. Right. You're never, you're never alone. Yeah. You know, there's somebody out there that knows what it's like to, to have the same kind of thing go on in their life. And that's so, that's comforting in and of itself. If you got nothing more than to know that, wow, somebody can relate to the things you go through. So, right. so yeah, mental illness happy hour. One of my favorites. Yeah. Love it. No, I love that. You know, I always think to be able to like own our truth is just so empowering mm-hmm. and to be able to be brave enough to share that is right. just absolutely impressive. Yeah. Because how many of us a lot of times like sink away from that? Yeah. Because maybe we do feel like we're the only ones or other people might judge or for whatever reasons, there's a variety of reasons. So I think it's great when people are, you know, willing to be open and honest. Absolutely. So what would you say are some things that you've been reading or like researching about lately? Um, so I'm in the middle of uh, Ian LeVanzan's book about trust. amazing trust yourself trust god there's four of them i'm gonna mess up trust yourself trust god trust other people and i think it might be trust your journey but i i might be messing up on the Uh fourth one i'm halfway through that book it's amazing i love it the other book that i I don't read a lot of books over and over that's not my thing once i read them i've kind of gone on but the book i think i've read I, I don't think I ever quit reading it. It is so book so good is um, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Oh. I have like wore out. I've given tons of copies away. I I can't get enough of my anything by uh, Michael Singer. He's got another book, it Surrenders in the title, also a good book. Uh-huh. But the uh, the Untethered Soul is amazing, amazing yeah. book. I'll so have to check that out. yeah, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you. That's really helpful. I'm, you know, I'm always looking for new recommendations. Yeah. Things like that. And um, one thing for me, and I often share, you know, with clients when they struggle as far as reading and reading comprehension, that's something that's an issue for me as well. So I love Audible. Oh, I use sure. Audible all of the time. Um, there are also, I can't think of what it's called right now, but there's an app that I used to use where you can actually, um, like rent your books from your local library. Oh, nice. Audiobook. So that's, of course, a much more cost effective. You have to wait in line for it sometimes, which I found kind of frustrating. But, really? You know, okay. So 
But anyway, there are some options there. But I think that is one thing that's great with technology now is that information isn't just provided to you one way. Right. You know, because I don't remember. I'm sure there was books on tape when I was young. Actually, I know there was because I remember going to the library. But I never got them. I didn't even know that was an option. Right. I just always thought, oh, I'm not a reader. Yeah. You know. Until one of my friends was like, have you ever tried audiobooks? And I was like, hooked. Wow, <laughs> yeah. And I wonder, too, if that's part of the reason that I like podcasts as well. You know, right. Because it's the auditory exactly. way of learning. And so. Exactly. The other thing I was talking to my husband about um, is that, you know, there are so many really neat pockets in this world, if you think about it. You know, even just something we were talking about, something as simple as making a pencil. We just think, oh, we go to like Walmart and buy a pencil. But like how many people did it take and how many specialties did it take to make that, you know, or how, you know, a book or I mean, we can use anything. Right. It's just really interesting. that There are so many experts in so many fields that we don't even think about. Yeah. I think that's so funny because I tease my husband a lot when he is home. Um, he's a firefighter with the fire department here and uh-huh. he is home and he likes to watch the history channel uh-huh. and it's usually how it's made. Oh, yeah. And we will watch <laughs> shows about making duct tape, right. which I have to say, I don't find riveting, right. but right. it is amazing yes. to know the, the ingenuity and the amount of people it takes to make duct tape, yes. you know? So uh, your point is well yeah. taken. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we're going to change, you know, gears a little bit here. So I recently found out about your love of art. Yes. I did not know this. So can you tell us a little bit about that? What have you been doing? Um, So I love art. I mean, and, you know, so many different uh, genres of art. I I can't, I kind of can't get enough. I bought a um, welder. Uh, well, a plasma cutter and a welder because I watched somebody on PBS do some metal art uh-huh. and that's all it took. Like I yes. just thought, okay, now I have to have a welder and a plasma cutter. <laughs> I love that. And so I saved my dollars and I, I, I have one and I've done some metal art and I love that. But what I really think I love most is kind of the mixed media art because with mixed media, that pretty much encompasses it all. Uh-huh. You can do it. You can do welding. You can incorporate that in. I do a lot of jewelry making. I love to make jewelry. Um, so I, I, I'll do that. And I also have a glass kiln and I do some glass fusing. Oh, cool. See, if I see anything that just sparks my interest, I just go for it and I want to do it. And I just encourage other people, you know, like, don't be intimidated. You know, when people say art, they immediately think of painting and drawing. Yeah. I can't even draw a stick figure. Mm-hmm. No, there's, I, I'm not, no, that, that's <laughs> not for me. Yeah. But what I love about art is nothing's wrong. Yeah. You, you can, no matter what you create, it's awesome. Why you created it. Yes. There's no wrong way to do art, you yeah. know, so that alone just makes my heart just sing because there's no wrong way. Yes. So um, right now I've been watching on YouTube, which is also another uh, great way to learn anything. Um, Lori Marie Jenkins has some great videos of mixed media arts and art. And she does these things called smash books, which oh, I think are amazing. So uh-huh. I've been kind of getting into that. And what I like to do also is like take found objects like from thrift stores or whatever. It doesn't matter. You yeah. know, the back of my closet, something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something I haven't used and putting it together in a new way to make a new and fresh piece of art. Right. So I really love to do that. And, um, I, I think it's a, a, a great way to decompress, right. to get lost. You know, they call that the zone, you know, when you don't know how much time has passed and you're just lost in that. I love art for that reason. It puts me in that headspace of, of not always thinking, thinking, thinking. I, I'm working on this and I get lost in it and and it's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. I, I've been blessed enough. There was a, a, at the Yunkov Center in Fargo, or Moorhead, rather, I had three pieces of mixed media art on display there. It was a number of years ago, almost 10 years ago was the first one. Um, It was women uh, putting their art out, amateur artists, you know, nobody, to my knowledge, was a professional artist, and you could enter this show, and and it was so, it was so cool just to have something you created on display in this upscale, wonderful setting, you know, so um, our art center in town is phenomenal for that, they will, I've had some glass work that I had displayed down there, which was great, so, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that, that's really great. You can tell as you talk about it that you're really passionate about it, I love that. 
that so much. <laughs> yep. And I love what you said about just really encouraging people to, you know, jump all in and just yeah. try to figure it out as you go. And, you know, I heard something earlier this morning. Um, part of my morning routine is to listen to something that's positive, that encourages me, that, you know, stretches my mind in some way. And so one of the things um, I was listening to, uh, Rachel Hollis, she's an author and a motivational speaker, and she mentioned this morning that, like, you know, anything that you're going to do when you first get into it, you're probably going to suck at. Oh, yeah. And so that takes away a lot of the pressure. Like, you don't have to be perfect because it's probably going to suck at first. And then eventually right. you'll be able to develop your skill and your craft. And um, and so that perspective, I think, gives us a lot of freedom. And, oh, absolutely. You know, I'm hopeful that people will really take that to heart because I really don't think that there's any limits in what we can do. No. You know, it's just what you believe you can do. Yep. Nothing at all. And and you're right. You know, the very first time you feel awkward when you're doing anything or trying anything. But, you know, just, you know, be open to that piece is going to create itself. Yes. And, you know, anything that you do, there's nothing wrong about it. It might not necessarily look like the vision you had in your head. But as time marches on, it might even be different and better you know there's so many things that I've plotted out like I'm gonna make it this way and it took a giant left turn that at first I was upset about like I did not (laughs) want it to take a left turn but I thought oh my god this even turned out better than I could have imagined so yeah no I think that's a really fantastic point so in wrapping this up, I'm going to ask you a couple questions that I've been asking everyone. Okay. So I know that you are very familiar with Brene Brown. Oh, love Brene Brown. <laughs> love Brene Brown. Isn't she just so fantastic? She's so... Like, I really just want to go to lunch with her one day and just pick her brain. Oh, but absolutely. I'm, I'm sure, like, there's a lot of people in the world that want to do that. Yeah. But, you know, maybe someday. But so one of her books, Braving the Wilderness, I don't know if you've I have read. read it. Yep. Okay. And so I really love her perspective of, you know, stepping out there and really feeling very isolated and alone and not knowing where you're going and, you know, being right. able to really find other people in that wilderness. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, has there been a time in your life where you felt like you you are really stepping into that wilderness and you're not sure how it's going to turn out or where you're going, but you just take that leap of faith? Um, Definitely the first thing that springs to mind was um, start, starting my reflex business. Mm -hmm. I had a business prior to that, um, that I did well, very well at and was good. And to, to decide to leave, I was kind of late in life. I didn't get this going until, you know, almost my forties. I think I was 38 when I got my license. That was a time of just stepping out. My husband was actually deployed in Iraq when I decided to do it. Yeah. And it's so, you know, we're emailing, you know, back and forth. Like, I want to go for school for this. I want to quit this other thing. I want to do reflexology. And, and it was so new to him, really. Um, I had been thinking about it for a while, a few years and, and knew people in that world a little bit, but, you know, it was a big leap of faith. Yeah. It was a big, like, oh, is this going to work? You yes. know, I so glad I jumped. Mm-hmm. I love every day, yes. every day. You know, I am, I could pinch myself how much I enjoy my work, you know? So, uh, I, I just think I have the best job in the world. Oh, you know, nice. I, people come and, and they hopefully leave feeling better and, and we got to be in each other's space and, and they've helped me as sometimes as much as I've helped them. And yeah, yeah it's, it's a win-win. So that I think is probably one of the biggest things, uh, the big jump forward. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. I feel very similarly about, um, going full time with my private practice as well. Sure. Like, I don't think that I could have even dreamed how much I would have loved it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because <laughs> like, it is so scary in that moment. You're like, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and then it, you know, turns out right. a wonderful way. I mean, not every day has been peachy keen. I don't want no. anyone to ever think that there's been hard days, certainly. Um, but to be able to wake up and do what you really love. Right. Is so invaluable. Oh, you know? every day. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. So the next question, can you think about who sticks out in your mind as your biggest encourager or maybe not just one person, but encouragers in general? Okay. Um, I, uh, I'm going to say, uh, no surprise, my husband, mm-hmm. uh, he has been a phenomenal rock and encourager to me. I've had my best friend Christy since I was 12. I oh mean, can God. you imagine yeah. like having... she couldn't get rid of me if she tried. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the end of that. You're stuck with me now. Uh, 
because I've lived in the same community, a lot of family I'm surrounded mm-hmm. with um, that has been good. I have two brothers that I adore mm-hmm. and, and, and sister-in-laws that are just, my sisters, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's so hard just to pick one. And there's it so is. there's so many. You know, my my mom and dad have always been supportive of what I've decided to do. I have a I my son, oh, I can never forget my son who has been the biggest encourager in the world. Oh. Like he is such a support system. He is 23 now and and even if he doesn't always understand his mm-hmm. wacky mom and her <laughs> crazy art and her weird job, and he he uh, lovingly refers to me as the oldest hipster he's ever met. He is my rock and keeps me grounded oh. to the ground because sometimes I can fly off into the clouds pretty sure. good. But he I is so that. supportive of that's even awesome. stuff he doesn't understand. He's like, oh, that's got to be a, a weird hipster thing you're into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so, he sounds amazing. That he really is. is. So he really is. That. He's the coolest kid in the world. So so a blessed a million times over with all those folks. And, uh, and yeah, a good circle of friends. Yes. You know, how important that is. Just supportive, wonderful people that that – Again, maybe don't always get what you're doing, but get you, right. get you, know I your heart that. and know that like, wow, if you feel this way about it, there must be something to it, you know, yep. because I know you and I know that you've got a good heart and, and wouldn't, uh, wouldn't do anything detrimental to anybody else or, or, or yourself. So, and those people too are, when you're in that dark place are always the one that kind of remind you of who you really are. Right. I've had that happen too, where I've just thought, you know, you kind of get in a, a sometimes a hole of, uh, and it's easy in this world. We've got a, a lot oh, yes. of things coming at us all at once and can get kind of down and, and just be like, oh, this isn't really who you are. This is just a, a bad biorhythm day. I yeah. used to have a friend that would tell me that really? all the time. This is just a bad biorhythm day. <laughs> so I, yeah, I kind I of adopted that. that. I was like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and they kind of remind you who you really are. So and I love what you said about they may not get it, but they get you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really love that perspective of things. I also have um, a few friends that I've been friends with since five years old. And wow, so, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, went to preschool together and we're all so close and, um, you know, and thinking about about how to make friendships like that work a lot of times you know it just seems like you just know each other so well so even on those bad days or those rough days you give a lot of grace because you you know them right you know you know them well and you know their intentions and so if they have a crappy day or you have a crappy interaction yeah. you're able to work through that a lot a lot more yeah I'm kind of a big sign believer I believe in signs you uh-huh. know and, yep. and I think when you look for signs you tend to see them more and more mm-hmm. and when my husband was deployed um he got me a diamond for my wedding ring when he was off on leave and he had never had a wedding ring. We got married. We were pretty broken. Uh So he said, well, he wanted to get a wedding ring. And and I said, jokingly, well, I want a diamond for my ring because I had just had a band. Uh And he said, okay, well, you never saw somebody get somebody in the car so fast when he said, okay, because we're like, (laughs) oh my gosh, are you being serious? You know, let's go. So we did. And, And then he went back over to Iraq and then me and my best friend were somewhere. Well, the diamond had come off my ring. And we found it, luckily. But because I'm such a sign person, she knew immediately that I thought that that meant there might be something wrong with my husband. And she's like, this doesn't mean anything. This ring, the diamond just wasn't in your ring tight enough. It is, Sheldon is fine, you know. And to have somebody know that that might be where your, you know, very stressed, sick head went to at that moment to be able to kind of say, now, come on. No, that's not what's going on here. He is fine. And, uh, yeah, I didn't even have to say, I think Sheldon's hurt. No, she just knew, you know, and, and so I'm so grateful to her that she's able to, you know, that we, that we have hung in and know each other so well and, and have been able to be there for her. So, yeah. Yeah, No, I love that. She knew so well that she just knew that's where your mind was going and like stopped you like, nope, this is not not the case. This is not that, you know, so don't, don't, don't go, don't take it too far. Right. It's just a loose diamond in her (laughs) ring, you know, but you know, when your husband's at war and things happen, you know, your head can go to some scary places. So, yeah. yeah. 
No, that's, that is definitely a challenging time. Right. Right. So I'm glad that you had her. Oh, absolutely. So can you tell the listeners where they might be able to, you know, follow your reflexology journey um, and, you know, even check out like your artwork and jewelry and things like that? Sure. My artwork isn't on display anywhere right now. Um, I do have an Etsy site for my jewelry and I'm going to be kind of embarrassed about this. There's only three pieces up right now. I thought there was more up. But there isn't. There's just three pieces. Uh-huh. But it's Marnie Jewelry. M-A-R-N-I-E Jewelry. All together is one word. So if you go to Etsy, you you hit on Jewelry, and then you just type in Marnie Jewelry. It comes up. Okay. Those three pieces that I need to put more up on there. I, we'll like be looking for more. No yeah, worries. right, right. <laughs> um, and then my reflexology business is called A Soul's Journey Reflexology. And soul is like soul or foot, S-O-L-E-S. So, um, and then the phone number for that is 701-252-3711. I do have a Soul's Journey Reflexology Facebook page. Mm -hmm. You could also get a hold of me there. Okay. Um, But yeah, that, that phone number... The two, the seven zero one two five two three seven one one is the best way to get a hold of me. If I'm in session, you got to leave a message as all, right. but I get right back to you. So, no, um, and like I said, I usually book anywhere from three weeks to a month out, roughly yeah. right in there. So, yeah, um, yeah and I, I don't work weekends, just yeah. you know Monday through Friday. So keep that in mind. But yes, yeah, most certainly. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, and thank you so much for being oh, on the my podcast gosh. today. This was so fun, Kelly. So. Thank you, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm such a podcast fan. And to be on a podcast, dream come true. Check. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm happy that you were able to join us today and so willing to do so. Absolutely. So thank you. So much. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. A special thank you to our producer, Joe Burkett, and our assistant, Carrie, who both helped to make this podcast possible. See you next week for another episode.